Are you tired of the noise, the half-truths, and the confusion? Join us as we dive into the heart of healthcare operations, compliance, and your role in patient care. Where do you turn for unfiltered truths in a world filled with echoes? Tune in to unravel the real story and refocus on genuine patient care. Let's cut through the noise together. This is the Healthcare Inspired Podcast, Season 2, Healthcare Echoes. We'll be joined by our special co-host this season, Maya Turner. We're going to investigate the genuine connections that we can make in healthcare, being transparent, and get to the bottom of what is echoing throughout the industry. Episode 1, Real and Remarkable. Identifying authenticity in your career. We're starting season two of the Healthcare Inspired podcast. We have a special announcement today to introduce that season, and I want to invite my guests on. It's it's Maya Turner, guys. Hi. Hi. How are Hello, you? everybody. I'm I'm fabulous in this new year just fabulous it's a great year it's a beautiful day and i'm spending time with my friends so i'm just really excited to be here today i am just excited because you know i i hit off season one of the healthcare inspired podcast with yours truly yes um and i am just so excited to have you back to launch season two i have to know maya are you a podcast junkie do you like podcasts you know what? I'm starting to get into it. I really am because I think there's a lot of information that people really can gauge in with talks and opinions. And I just really, I, I'm starting to get into it. So, I mean, there's many out there to choose from, but so far I've really only been really biased to one. And uh, I, I'm so far, I, I, you know, it's a lot out there, but I, I've, I've really only been listening to one exclusively. Is that right? Okay. Well, um, well, we'll talk about that podcast. And I'm a podcast junkie. I've not been shy about telling my audience that and others out there. I listen to mostly true crime. And I know you work in the sometimes uh, with in the legal field. And yes. I've talked about how much I love true crime podcasts. I like listening to the legal part, though. I mean, like, yes. I don't like the the sad part of crime, right. but I like the I like the justice, right? And I like yeah. the doing what's right, right? So right, that's right. what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about what's right, what's wrong. Most of the podcasts I listen to, you have like season one is like the opener and then every season they have a new story. So season two is going to be new guys. It's still going to be us. We wanted to just cut to the chase. And so we need to figure out what is going to make us authentic. There's things out there that come from us all directions. So in the business of medicine, we think of all the things that we have to know each day. Yes. Uh, we get physicians talking to us and they say, I heard this at a conference or, uh -huh. you know, like they want to, they want to build this and they want to do that. And as we talked about in season two and in 2024, we're going to be real. We're not going to just, we're not going to sugarcoat it for you any longer. We don't have time. We are losing hospitals that are closing. We are losing our rural community healthcare systems left and right. Some of these systems have to be bought out and they're forced to almost kind of conform to the way they want to do things at the expense, right. of course, of the patient. Yes. So those are some of the things we're going to talk about in this season. 
about what the healthcare industry is facing and what you individually out there can do to be authentic um, and to let the truth be heard. Season two, Healthcare Echoes. What do you personally think? You know, you've had a long career and yeah. you also work on you work on the on the facility side. You work with Actus. What is Actus and what do you do with, for that organization? Well, I am part of the Leadership Council and I work uh, in an integrated health system. So it's both professional and facility. So Actus is the Association of Clinical Documentation uh, Integrity Specialists. And we are a council that really kind of feeds off of each other and really kind of setting the bar for conversations regarding clinical documentation improvement in the facility setting, as well as the professional outpatient setting. And so there's a lot of conversations about there, about what is the norm, who should uh, be accountable, those types of things. And I think using the platform of Actus, which is really a subsidiary of HICPRO, I don't know if many people know that, but it's a platform to allow uh, for many people to voice opinions uh, and, and weigh in on what is considered standard, what is considered substandard, how and what should be done when things need to be improved and there needs to be a meaningful conversation between those people who are failing to meet organizational standards for uh, escalation of care, failure of documentation, uh, deficiencies of documentation. So it really does make a difference on how and what uh, the outcomes would be when the expectations are set high and fail to meet. And uh, we've had uh, many meetings and I'm on the, the council leadership council for 23-24. It's been an eye-opening experience. And one of the things that I've learned is that the problems are universal is not necessarily unique to a facility, but they are universal in regards to how and what um, people um, are expecting and what the failure in communication and the breakdown of that communication really is. I think about the word authenticity. You know, in healthcare, we think of the word authenticate, right? When a physician has to authenticate the their record, record sign mm -hmm. off. This is my documentation. I saw this patient. I agree with what is documented. When you think about that, it's the truth. There's a lot of fakies out there. And when we think about what that does, you know, I was listening to a podcast earlier that had nothing to do with um, with what we do in the business of medicine, but it kind of dovetailed on that. It was a crime that, that it happened. And this woman was so upset at this physician because of what happened. And it was a crime, what happened. She did not want that physician's name on her baby's record on her actual baby's record. So when she pulled records, the birth certificate says, this doctor delivered my baby. She went to the links where she went to the hospital and she wanted that name removed from her record. And there was reasons why she had had reasons to do that. But at the same time, I think from my standpoint, what I do, we do, like right. we understand why the hospital refused to do that. We can't change what happened. Right. We can't change a legal document. No, you <laughs> so cannot. And I just, that was just through me for a minute that someone, you know, and from their world, they don't understand. So that was an eye-opening thing for me that someone out there without healthcare background wanted right. to make that happen because of what they were going through. And it was a sad story. But at the end of the day, I thought this is a legal document. We have to protect it. I mean, I'm sorry, not only that, but I also think that it also protects her, right? If something ever happened 
and they don't have a physician of record that's on that birth certificate that signed their medical record that shows that time of hospitalization, uh, you know, from a malpractice perspective, from a legal perspective, that literally protects the hospital, right? And it also protects her if something ever happened in the future with that physician about how those services were rendered. How, if, it, if the record, if the physician was stricken from the record, then how would they actually prove that he was part of it if they removed his name from the record and there would not be any proof of who performed the service or any faulty doing? So, yeah, and then I've been in, in, involved in cases, several, uh, in fact, that really were involved with uh, quality of care and what was in the record and what was proven to be in the record and authenticated by the signature. So there's a lot to, to say, and there's a lot of, to unpack there in regards to that. So I could see why the hospital stood ground and I could see why on every level and every legality that she was not able to do that. I could see why that happened. Exactly. So leading into authenticity as a, as a career, your, your kind of motto, I guess, I think about what we're looking at is the truth of what right. is true. Right. And there's a lot of noise out there. Uh, but what we know as coders and billers, auditors, when we work on the business side, we're trying to get things done. We're right. trying to get things paid. And we have to give the truth of the matter, what really took place in order to get paid. And we right. have to understand these regulations. Now, when I was a baby coder, uh, when I first started out, I didn't understand all of the regulations. All I knew yeah. at that point in time was this is the code book. These are the guidelines. I'm going to find the code that matches documentation. That's my job. I picked the code. It gets out there, right? But it's not yeah. getting paid because guess what? I didn't understand things like LCD policies. No one ever told me that, right? Modifiers. So, mm -hmm. Modifiers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's all part of coding and billing and all that. And so when I learned all that as a, you know, early in my career, and I was like trying to figure these things out and I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. I am doing a job, but there's more to it than just picking a code. Right. I call that one dimensional. That's one dimensional. You're not thinking about all the perspectives that involve getting paid. And there's always have to be a three perspective view of everything that's done in the physician's office. Right. And, and the integrity mm -hmm. behind what was done and how it's submitted to be paid. So integrity behind the medical record and the three-dimensional thinking process makes a huge difference on how and what is the outcome of that claim that's being submitted. Exactly. And we have different personalities. We have different types of people that work in an organization. They mm -hmm. all have different ideas, but I'm just going to say it. There are administrators, there are managers yes. that just don't understand how to get a claim paid. No. They they have this attitude as it's my way or the highway. I'm in charge. Creative billing concepts, I call it. Yeah. Creative billing <laughs> concepts. Let's just slap a modifier on there. I think the, there's a there's yeah. one. It's called a 59. We can just put it on there. Yeah. It'll get out the door. We're good. No. We're solid. No, 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 no. no yeah. No, no. I, yeah, yeah. I've seen that quite a bit. And it's interesting, especially with everybody talking about the new uh, SDOH codes. Everybody's thinking about creative ways to how to use it. And you know, wait a minute, hold on, pump your brakes. It's not that easy. You got to follow certain requirements. It's not because of the complexity. It's got to be a chronic condition that's accompanied with that complexity. So it's, it's there. There's a whole lot of things that have to be involved with that. And uh, as educators, 
you do your best to scream to the mountaintop, but if nobody is willing to listen, you're still going to hit the bottleneck of payment, which is pretty much what nobody wants. But if you don't listen initially, that's what's going to happen. Exactly. And, you know, there are ways to be authentic in your career that don't obviously violate a regulation or law. I understand we live in very scary times. You know, the pandemic happened. A lot of people lost their jobs for many reasons that weren't even fair. And so they walked away from an organization because they just could not work there anymore because they didn't believe in what that organization was doing. There is nothing wrong with that. I I have done the same in my career at times where I have walked away. You know, I had that fear like, okay, I'm going to, I'm on my own. I'm going to start over. I'm going to do this. And, and so you have to figure out how to make yourself authentic. Um, yes. Let's talk about, you know, as a consultant, some of people have approached me and they have said, I want to go out on my own like you. And I, I want to figure out how to do this. And there's so many people out there doing it. How do I make myself authentic? And the, you know, real and, and pe- someone someone's going to go to, right? And that's what it's all about is whether you're right. a coder working in the field, whether you are a consultant, you have to stand out because there's so many others trying to do the same thing, trying to right. get the job you want, right? Right, 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 right. You may have the same skill set. You might have the credential that everyone right. else has. How do you be authentic? And there's great uh, ways to do that. But I also think you have to find the right organization for you um, or in general, the right organization. Not every organization that offers you a job is going to be worth your time. So Maya, what do you think, what are some tips that you can give people when they're looking for a job or when you go out on their own, what do you want to look for to make yourself authentic? I think one of the things that makes you stand out is being asserted in your knowledge. You can't have many different perceptions of what you think is right versus knowing it because it's been done in practice. You have to know what you're doing. (laughs) Nobody wants a jack of all trades. Everybody wants the master of one, at least one, not none, but at least one in order for you to be authentic. And I've, uh, one of the terms that I've used is, is when you want to be authentic, you know, that topic from beginning to end, and from end to beginning with everything in between. And you can elaborate and speak on everything that's related to that. So if you're able to prove who you are as an expert in that one subject, build off of that one subject. Don't say you know how to do everything and not really know it from beginning to end like you know the one thing. Don't expect other folks to do your job. If you don't know how to do your job, then don't say you know how to do that job because it's not your job. That's not your realm, right? So my thing is, if you want people to notice who you are, you want people to be uh, cognizant of your expert and your weighted opinion, know what that one thing is, do it so well that you could do it in your sleep and explain others to do it and they get it without an issue, period. You know, I I can't say that enough. Oh, exactly. You know, and I am all for people definitely advancing their career and doing what's good for them and like making themselves more knowledgeable in the topic, which is great to do, but just getting a credential, taking a test does not make you an expert. It's not enough. It takes, Mm -hmm. it's not enough. And I don't mean to sound, it sound mean and, and like, you're never going to get there. You will get there. Taking a test and studying for a test is not real world. You have to have the vested experience to weigh in on that certification, right? 
there's always a test to teach you the concepts, but when you get in real world, that test is not necessarily equivalent to what happens in real world scenarios. It does help you understand and make the application, but it's not the same. And if mm -hmm. anybody tells you that it's the same, then they're lying to you and they probably have the same amount of experience as you do. <laughs> oh, and it's, it's scary thought. I've, I've, I've worked with people that have been in that job for 20 years and have never advanced in their knowledge and they're stuck 20 years ago, what they learned mm -hmm. and they've never mm -hmm. gotten past that. So they're making mistakes left and right, not realizing things have changed. And yes. recently I, unfortunately I had, um, I mean, it was, it's a good experience for the office to learn that they had someone that had left the company and uh, this person had control of the billing and coding for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, had trained the people a certain mm -hmm. way. This is in black and white. The NCCI manual, the Medicare, you know, processing manual. I'm showing you mm -hmm. from the horse's mm -hmm. mouth. This is what, what it says. I showed them the policy. Like this yeah. is how they want it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, their yeah, eyes were yeah. opened. Yeah. And I think, um, especially when you've been inve invested in, in our world of reimbursement, you could do something for a bazillion years, be doing it wrong and have no idea that you're doing it wrong. And I think we're in a day and age where there's accountability behind your actions, where before maybe it wasn't as much because people weren't paying attention as much because the world of reimbursement wasn't compromised as much because of the amount of fraud that may not have been as prevalent as it is now. So when you really think about it, authenticity, verification, resources, and understanding what's needed and be accountable for what you do is going to be everything about being an expert, you know, mm -hmm. knowing what those resources are without looking at it and knowing what it says without blinking an eye and being able to show someone what exactly those resources are without it being misunderstood because it's there in black and white. You know, don't exactly. go by what I'm saying. Look at what's here. And I'm telling you, this is what this says, you know, so, exactly. you know, yeah, I, I just, I, we're in a day and age of accountability where authenticity equates accountability. And if you do not have either one of those as part of high of your integrity, then you're compromising who you're working for and the outcome of you keeping that payment. That's just it. That's just the bottom line. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think about compliance, you know, mm -hmm. we, we talk about compliance. It's <laughs> yeah. a, it's a, Back in the day, it was like, oh, the compliance office is coming in. We better make sure we're, we have our screens locked. And mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. But guess what? We should do it anyway. It, yeah. it should be. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that we should be afraid of because it's supposed to be done. It's like, that's right. I don't understand. I was always did my best. Once I learned, you know, the compliance aspects of healthcare, what I knew, what was expected of me, I just did it because I, I know it was the right thing to do. Like I was protecting patient information. I was right. protecting say it was my information and some worker in the office just let everyone in the world see it. I wouldn't like that either. There's a no. reason these rules exist. They protect yeah. you. They protect mm -hmm. me. They protect our families. And Absolutely. you have to realize what everything we do, everything we touch is a real person. It's a footprint. Everything yeah. that you touch is electronic and it has a footprint. So don't think just because nobody's watching you do it doesn't mean that you're not leaving an electronic footprint. So even though nobody sees you do it, somebody can come behind you and see exactly what you did, how you did it, why you did it, and when you did it. So mm -hmm. why even put yourself at risk? Exactly. And uh, 
one of the things that we talk about, and I work with a lot of tech experts now. I, I work with a consultant firm that um, that helps physicians find software. And so yeah. I'm always looking at, okay, like, is this software going to help you? Right. What is your need? What right. is What problem are you trying to solve? Um, right. There's this concept out there of fake it till you make it. And, oh, no, no. Oh. you know, oh, like, no, yeah, no. I have the technology. We can help you. Let's sign the contract. Oh, by the way, in the background, let's find some people that can do this. You know, I'm just like, really? Really? No, 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 no. I think that's the quickest way to lose money. Exactly. So you buy a solution. This is going to save your life. And this company says they can handle all this. But before too long, the claims keep, they get denied. The process gets worse. And you're like a year down the line realizing how much money you've lost. So before you choose a technology, understand it. Yes. Um, before you choose an EMR system, understand mm-hmm. it. How is it going to affect the physician's workflow? How is it going to affect the coders and billers workflow, the front desk, who is like the most important job? And, and, and not the most important because they're the ones who are one setting the standard. They're the face of the office and they're the pace of how that revenue is. collected. If it's not done right in the first, in the beginning, it's going to be right on the back end and it's going to create a bottleneck. And that's the last thing a starting practice who's investing in software needs when they're losing money from the beginning when it's yeah and and I've I've seen it I've seen it happen I've seen it happen when it was done wrong absolutely and you know there's not everyone's going to you know have the same personality they're not going to be extroverted right. or introverted we're all different right some people don't like confrontation some people are okay with it like myself I love it I'm like, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what's up. I know it wasn't always that way, but when I started seeing things being done wrong and the effects that it had on real people, I said enough, Right. I am done. I'm not going to be a part of an organization that doesn't understand how this is affecting real people. Right. Um, Right. Right. So we think about as a consultant, you know, you're a trusted resource for a practice. They pay you a lot of money to give them advice or lead them down a path that's going to help them and their patients. So you need to be authentic as a consultant. You need to also educate yourself. Make sure that what you're telling your clients is actually accurate. Make yourself authentic. If someone comes to you and says, I don't know if I should use this code or not, you're going to be able to tell them why, what it is as a consultant, and then show them the, the, the backup, right? Right. And I think one of the things that is more important uh, is not only listening to resources and different opinions, but understanding and reading the sources that they're resourcing. Right. And then you should be able to understand with clarity and make it practical for your uh, environment and you being a consultant. You know, don't get me wrong. I think everybody um, has resources, but are they viable resources that are applicable for you and how that practice would be able to benefit from? So you're mm-hmm. as good as your resources. And it's not just listening to what someone says. It's about listening to what someone says, taking the resources that, that they've utilized for the, what they've said, reading them for yourself, have an understanding, pair it up with the opinions, and then have a practical way to approach it once you understand it from all of those opinions and reading that source document for yourself, period. Exactly, you know, exactly, I, I period. No, 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 you, you, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I hurt, no, but okay, but did you read it? Okay, did no. you understand after what they said? Did you understand what they're saying in, 
you know, and the MLN matters and, and how uh, certain things don't apply. I mean, they could be talking about facility and you're a professional based uh, 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 consultant. So yeah. you, you have to know how it applies to you, what does it, and, and, and really, you know, as in the words of our friend Kim, go fish, right? I'll just shout it out. Awesome sauce. Another thing that she says a lot. <laughs> Yes. Awesome sauce right there. I love it. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, 2004 was mm-hmm. 20 years ago. That was the yeah. year I got married, actually. So guess what, guys? I'm celebrating my 20 year marriage to my amazing husband this year. Yay. Yay. And um, I always like to, I, I w- I've been so excited that this for this year to come because I have decided to call it the year of my anniversary. So literally every month we're doing something for each other like presents or like going somewhere and we're going to new york city for our anniversary in june oh so, excuse me yeah well, i'm gonna party in, in nyc but i'm excited for this year for many reasons yes. but i thought back like what else happened in 2004 guess what that was the year that regardless of who agrees who started it facebook came on the scene it was it, it was does. created social yeah. media 20 yeah. years ago this thing we call what? Facebook started oh. this rabbit hole down all these social media platforms that we see now and society has changed. You can say whatever you want on social media and people almost always believe it. Oh, but I saw it on Facebook. Yeah. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that too. And I've also seen a lot of conspiracy theory that is related to the world of healthcare and Medicare and federal and, and mm-hmm. state, and, you know, it's just, it's as good as the source. And if they can't quote a source behind what they're doing, then it's not believable for you to execute, you know, to accept what they're saying. And so people are so quick to believe something without being resourceful, that becomes the danger behind mm-hmm. it. Because before, you know, the good, the information that we had was as good as the uh, encyclopedia said that your mom bought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's not it's not the information is as good as the source and how you can resource the facts based upon that source. So you know right. that seems to be a lot of the uh, Gen uh, Y and Gen uh, what Gen Z is it? Gen I don't Z. Know. Yeah. Doesn't matter what generation you're in. Just do what's right. Don't complain. Right. Don't right, be a complainer. Right. It doesn't solve right. anything. But that's what we're seeing out there. We're seeing a lot of complaints. And there was one complaint recently that I want to address. And I think that you and I um, are a good fit to um, address this, especially since you are part of an organization that has been acquired by AHIMA. Because right. there have been a lot of complaints lately about the update that AHIMA has made to the CEO arrangement starting in 2025. We have a whole year, guys, to get our, get our stuff together and figure mm-hmm. this out. Mm-hmm. When you signed up to be a medical coder, when you heard about medical coding for the first time, you might have been misled. A lot of people were misled into under to thinking what this career was, what it would entail. I could just walk into a career. <laughs> I can be a yes. coder tomorrow. I'll get certified. Yeah. I'm going to make all this money. I can work from home. All of the different stereotypes are out there. Doesn't mean it's not a worthwhile career. Anything worth doing is going to take work. It's going to take money. Yes. Trust the process. There's lots of jobs out there. If you just want a job, that's fine. You can go work at, at Walmart if you want. Work at Target. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, somebody. I mean, Starbucks ha- pays you like really well. <laughs> you can work. Yes. You know, good money at they Starbucks. They do. Chick Fil A. You can make a ton of money at Chick Fil A. <laughs> Telling you what, 
but it doesn't mean it's going to be a career you want, but it's just a job, right? It's going to satisfy your need to provide for your family. It costs money. These organizations that exist, they are, for instance, AHIMA is an accredited organization. Yeah. They are a trusted organization. Mm -hmm. Now they are run and everyone a part of the organization, they're not perfect guys. Do you know one person that walks on this earth today that is perfect? 100% 100% of the time. No. Not today. Some Not today. <laughs> right. Ago, like some time ago, ago, they walked on water. So Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so, but um, today, uh, as Christine Hall says, we want to respect this arrangement. Yeah. We may not respect um, how it's going to affect us, right? We're like, right. this is going to really hurt my budget, right? Right. But no. think about it. They have yeah. offered so many opportunities. They're only asking for 40%. Yes. Of your CE requirement. Only 40% has to come from them. I want to share Femi Lockwood because she wrote an article on this. And I I saw that. And she did the math guys. It's, it's in black and white, easy to follow. And first of all, being a professional means that we respect the organizations that have provided that professional credential for us. We mm-hmm. may not like every individual of those organizations. We may not always like the updates, but we're in a system now where inflation is real. I've had to increase my prices and my for my consultant fees because it's just reality. Right. I went to um, remember back when we had eggs like five dollars a carton or more. <laughs> I didn't want to buy yeah. them. I didn't buy eggs for months. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just I went to where did I go? I went to Chick Fil A the other day for lunch. And I remember like several years ago, I could buy like a meal for $7. It was $14. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, it's real guys. This is the society we live in. So, right. But there's also things like, you know, looking at their membership, for instance, they offer yeah. what? A premium membership that comes with all kinds of good stuff in it. You can do yourself a lot of good and really satisfy a lot of that with the premium membership. You and I, we, we, we are cut of the same cloth. And I, and I have to say that if you took the time to study for a test, to be a part of an organization that you know has a standard, right? Then you as a coder, as being part of that organization should know that you should invest in the organization that you're a part of, because that's the reason why you became a part of it, period. And so when there are requirements that have to be met, but think about the integrity of that organization. And if they didn't meet up to today's today's economic uh, scope, right? And, and think about how much you have to spend for X amount of dollars. They have to make money too to keep up with the, the integrity and the quality of the membership for their uh, organization. So when you think about it from that perspective, it almost makes sense, right, for you to understand that this is their adjustment for today's times and to be the type of organization that you would expect them to be and the resources that you expect for them to provide in order for them to be who they are and why you joined that organization and, and from the beginning. So mm-hmm. it makes sense for them to make those types of adjustments. And it's not the end of the world. You still are going to go to Jewel or whatever grocery store that's by you to buy those eggs because you need to make a cake. You're still going to go to the store to get those meats, even though those meats may have gone up in price, but because you need to eat. It's the same concept. 
So mm -hmm. as long as you realize that these are adjustments that everybody is making, then you should in turn mm -hmm. make the same adjustment and still be a part of it because that, that is today's times. This is today's economic scope. And because of that, it shouldn't be an issue. I mean, that's just that's just my opinion. And mine too. Going back to being authentic and looking at the actual source, a lot of people are putting out things on social media and you're you're typing all this stuff in and you're just you're listening to people saying you don't actually know if it's true. And right. so you gotta go to the source, go to a human's <laughs> website, read yes. what they're telling you, and you'll find Absolutely. they also have said that they are going to also update some of their policies. They're going right. to update the quality of their presentations. Um, they haven't updated or maybe, you know, a lot of organizations, they look at things over time. And so in the last 10 years, things haven't really changed much. So they took a really hard look at their policies and some of the quality of their presentations that are out there. And they said they're going to make adjustments. So it's not right. just the adjustment in the requirement. It's adjustment in their policy. It's adjustment in the way that they present information to the public. I And, and, and that makes sense. And that goes back to what I just stated. You know, when you think about packaging, that's the same from, to, I mean, if you could look at a package and see that it's the same from today to 10 years ago, then they probably are getting ready to make some changes too. Think about products, think about market marketability, think about viability. That's the most important, viability behind the information. If you're a part of an organization, you want the information that you get from it to be number one, viable, and two, representative of the scope of the services that you're providing for either A, an organization, or B, as a consultant. If you're part of that, then it should in turn represent everything that entails that is relevant to today's times and authenticated by its integrity of the work that's put behind it from the people who do the work. So mm -hmm. you have to account for all of that. Somebody's gotta be paid. Somebody's gotta research it. Somebody's gotta put it out there and make it available so that it's one true and be available for everyone who's going to use it. All of those things make a difference and somebody's gotta get paid, somebody's gotta do the work. So all of this that's re related to cost and, and change and I mean, all of that is makes sense from people who are who know that they're going to utilize it to that extent. You know, I just, I wanna close out today with just reminding everyone that you're only as authentic as as what you put out there and uh -huh. authenticity matters now to yeah. some people it doesn't matter they're still going to try to get around the system and they're still going to mm -hmm. try to get around the rules but if you want to survive and go into the next phase where we see ai taking on and you don't want to be <laughs> afraid don't listen to the noise out there saying that, that that's going to replace your job yeah and if you're afraid of that then think what your next step is think about where you can go next in your career because Coding is not, and, and billing is not all there is to do in healthcare. No, you it's might not. have been doing that your whole, for 20 years. And you're like, I don't want to change. That's fine. But if you really truly want to climb and you want to go places and you, you want to be that voice, then think about what you can do to learn more about this technology. How can Absolutely. you make yourself relevant, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, make mm -hmm. yourself authentic that when you go out on social media or you have a voice somewhere, you talk to someone, they know this is a person that really knows what they're talking about. They're yeah, an expert. Yeah. Be that person. Yes, ma'am. Don't be in a coding bunker. You know, and I, I love being on these, these shows. I mean, this is my favorite podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and I just think know. that it's always something to voice and hear the voices of others, but it's also one 
to create your own voice by being resourceful for the things that are heard, that are said and referenced so that you can be an expert. And being authenticated in your field requires just that. Coming up on future shows, we're going to be talking about different ways that we can show authenticity and that we can kind of get around the echoes we hear in healthcare. So again, Healthcare Echoes is coming at you, uh, season two. We're going to be covering lots of topics. And the goal is to realize that the echoes around us, we have to kind of get around them. We have to get around what was echoing around us and get to the truth, get to the bottom line, what's really true. Absolutely. There's a lot of information out there, what we should or should not do. So we're going to be talking about the risk involved in doing certain things such as creative billing, as mentioned earlier <laughs> by Maya. We actually have an episode coming up on creative billing. We're going to talk about some of the recent updates um, to a lot of facility type things that, you know, Maya is an expert in. So I don't often talk about the facility side. I, I do work with facilities, but sometimes I stick more to the profi side. So we're going to bring right. Maya back and, and we're going to talk about some facility stuff for all you facility coders and billers, and auditors and administrators. So stay tuned for that. Let's let's just try to be authentic. Let's try to be those people that that you would go to for the truth. You and I, Maya, we love we love movies. We love um, <laughs> yes. legal movies. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say something to you right now. I want to see how you respond. Okay, Maya, I want the truth. A you can't handle men. the truth. What is it? A few good men, Jack Nicholson. Yes, understand. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so that's what I'll leave you all with. You want the truth? You think you can't handle the truth? Well, we need the truth. We need to get around this red tape and whatever people are trying to put at us that they say is, is truth. Get to the bottom line. Don't suffer and risk your organization's reputation by ignoring the truth. So thank you everyone for joining today. We look forward to bringing you more from the Healthcare Echoes season two. So stay tuned for that and uh, have a good one, guys. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Healthcare Inspired Podcast. Season two, Healthcare Echoes, was brought to you by Healthcare Inspired LLC. It was written, produced, and researched by Jennifer McNamara. We want to thank our special guest, our co-host, Maya Turner, for joining the show today. We really hope you enjoyed episode one, being real and remarkable, identifying authenticity in healthcare. Stay tuned for next week's episode with our, again, special co-host, Maya Turner. We want to thank our amazing podcast producer, Gabriel Fast, with Highland Productions. Until next time.